there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the baby. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Cam. I'm Salty. I like to draw things. <laughs> we bloody got him. Got him. Uh, no, uh, sal- no Salty today. Yeah, he might, he might pop in later on. We're not sure. Anyway, Cam, how are you, baby? I'm good. It's pretty early in the morning. I I am recalling... In our last conversation with Salty, he did use the phrase, I'm not a morning person. I mean, do you want to disclose what you're considering early in the morning? <laughs> it's 10 a.m. Yeah. On, a, on a Sunday. Yeah, I guess that is, I mean, yeah. A little bit early. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, 12, 12 p.m. for me, but I, I finished work after midnight last night, so I'm a little bit tired. Had a couple of good cups of coffee, though, so I'm ready to go. All righty. This week, we are revisiting the Las Vegas shooting, the Mandalay Bay Hotel shooting, the, the Harvest Festival shooting. It's got a lot of different names. Mm. Uh, we, we did talk about this in 2017, uh, not, I think only a few weeks after it had happened. Yes, yes. So, not, <laughs> it's kind of weird revisiting this because not much has changed. Yeah, the, the sort of, the thing that really stuck out about it at the time was, um, and a lot of, a lot of uh, commentators and a lot of like the law enforcement people commented on this was, you know, normally when there's any sort of tragedy like this, there's a school shooting or there's a terrorist attack, and this is was sort of like a combination of all of those things. You know why it happened. Like you, you might not like the answer because the answer might be, oh, you know, I was bullied, or, mm. uh, but there'd be some sort of indication about why the incident had happened. And in this, there just wasn't anything. He didn't leave a note. Mm. He didn't have a manifesto. There were, there was a page with numbers written in the room, but there was a, nothing else to indicate why he'd done it. He hadn't really talked to anyone about it. And so, yeah, there was just this big empty space that it was waiting to be filled up, as we've discussed previously many times. Yeah. I think I, rem- I remember at the time, and I can't remember if we talked about this on the first show, how I, I kind of was watching a lot of Alex Jones at that point. And seeing how he filled that space in real time with his own half-truths. Mm. So, like, he started off by saying, 
this is this has happened and I'm getting, you know, reports from insiders that there's Antifa propaganda like all over the room and maybe ISIS are involved. That's what people are saying. And then like two days later, after, you know, saying that for just kind of ext- extrapolating on that for two days, he was just saying that's confirmed. Yeah. We've got confirmed Antifa. We've got like, <laughs> so like he invented, you know, uh, invented something completely fabricated it and at the start it was clear that you know oh it's unconfirmed you know this is rumor that we're hearing now and then within two days this is 100 percent what happened um despite nothing no other information nothing had changed it's just what he had convinced himself over that course which is kind of a, like it's interesting because yeah you're seeing someone fill that void because he's on air constantly you're just seeing that happen in real time like it's it's that void filling in personified essentially oh one of the things that sort of drove the Antifa angle was there was a Facebook page for like Melbourne Antifa, like Melbourne here in Australia. Mm. And they, it was a, a fake Antifa page. So the, at the time and for a little while afterwards, there were these, all of these fake Antifa Twitter and Facebook accounts that were trying to uh, stir up trouble. They'd be like, oh, you know, we're going to go protest at, at this Confederate statue. And mm. all of these right-wingers would go out to it. And, yeah, there was no one there because no one was ever going to protest it. And, yeah, they, this was one that was set up for Melbourne, Australia. And they posted, like, a, a some comment like, yeah, we support our brother, Stephen Paddock, <laughs> who we have been in contact with. Or something along those lines, basically endorsing the attack and saying, that you know, this guy was Antifa. And, like, firstly, it was so ridiculous but secondly, it took about five seconds to determine that this page was not on the level because I think it was one of those ones that wasn't that committed to the bit. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> right. yeah, we're Antifa. And then like the next post would be like, yeah, Antifa suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was good enough for the Daily Mail. And so I think that was one of those things where something gets laundered into not the mainstream media, but in, you know, the main commercial media. Yeah. And uh, it then becomes rock solid. Because it's yeah. been, you know, it's on a website that gets millions of views, and so then it spreads out. The Antifa thing is still popping up around this as well. Like, even though this guy has clearly nothing to do with Antifa, Stephen Paddock, the, the guy that did it, like he was a gambler. Uh, I don't know, just like an American guy, basically. Just mm. a, a pretty. Uh, I think he was pretty right wing, wasn't he? He was a, a Trump guy. Well, no. So that's the thing. Like, well. All his family members said he wasn't that political. Right. So he was just a guy. He he worked for the IRS for a while. Then he worked, uh, I think, uh, for Lockheed Martin. And then he got into real estate. Classic Antifa path, working oh, for yeah. the military industrial complex and real estate. Well, I mean, the, the, there are a few uh, big Twitter accounts that, that might, <laughs> that might yeah, be. Yeah, as, as I said, that, I realized there was that whole thing, wasn't there? Um, it's probably a different episode. So I came across this guy, uh, who was kind of pushing, he's quite recently up in like, I think a few months ago, um, pushing the Antifa theory. And he, he published a report that provides evidence for multiple shooters that it was Antifa and ISIS. Um, this guy's name is Patrick Howley. Have you ever heard of this guy, Cam? Tell me more. He's kind of a Breitbart guy. Um, you know, one of the, one of the just kind of like mid-level, would love to be an Alex Jones, but just doesn't have the energy and is just kind of like super white nationalist racist in, in anything he does. Um, I started watching his video about, about this and he started talking about um, 
Bill Gates, this is unrelated to the end of the Las Vegas thing, so I don't know why he's talking about it, but he said, uh, you know, today Bill Gates is having a, a bad day. Um, he did his little TED talk in Toronto and he continues to inflict himself on us. Uh, and actually, I think it's kind of funny because I never hear anything about Bill Gates except from people like this. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are constantly inflicting Bill Gates into my life. But yeah, then he went on to talk about how, you know, Antifa and, and ISIS were allegedly involved in, in this whole plot, which was what Alex Jones started, you know, pretty much day one. The I looked into this Patrick Halley guy a little bit further. Um, he's been in trouble for, in earlier this year, he went on a racist rant. This is according to Wikipedia regarding um, a black dude hosting the country music awards. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, no offense. You'll have hip hop basketball. Just fly with your flock, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, in May, just a month later, um, he report, he accused Lizzo of advancing hostile agitation against white males on behalf of Jewish interests because the record label she is signed to is led by a Jewish male. I wonder what he thought of the the whole Lizzo flute conspiracy. Oh, my God. Uh, There was another article kind of talking about him as well that was pro him. Basically, they're saying part of of their reasoning as well is that pretty much every mass shooting in America completely takes over the news cycle and is used to demand disarming, to demand disarming the public. We still hear about Sandy Hook and it's been a decade. We... Keep getting that obnoxious loser, David Hogg, shoved in our face again and again. This is Stu Peters. And they're saying, you know, why don't we keep hearing about this this Las Vegas one? Um, but we do. There's like heaps of news coverage about it recently. Yeah. <laughs> again. Um, and also, like, because we don't really know, as, you, as you, we talked about it, we don't, there's nothing to really talk about. Yeah. Like, a guy shot a whole bunch of people. Re- and when I say nothing to talk about, you know, I don't want to. I don't mean to diminish what happened, but they immediately changed. I think Donald Trump changed the bump stock, the automatic weapons, or you know the whatever you, you add to a gun to make it shoot like a like a machine gun. Mm. So things did change pretty quickly. And then what else do you talk about? Well, but the other thing is that's not that wasn't a huge change. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like a, that that didn't really solve the problem. Uh, it didn't really affect any. Like you know, if you're in the bump stock industry. I'm sure it was big news. Yeah. But for the overall multi-billion, trillion-dollar arms industry, I think it was a bit of a drop in the ocean. And if you're in the bump stock industry, you probably have a diversified portfolio of other gun accessories. Yeah. So it, it didn't really change anything. It, did, it wasn't something that had any impact, like didn't stop mass shootings. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it just uh, I, I saw a lot of people being like, yeah, it went down the memory hole. It's like, yeah, it did because – Nothing changed. And this was, I think we, we probably talked about this in the last episode where we were talking about Sandy Hook as well. Mm. You know, after Sandy Hook, people were like, well, if this doesn't change things, what will? Mm. And I think people also thought that about the Las Vegas shooting because they're like, this is, now it's not, uh, you know, kids in a school getting shot. This is, you know, these are Trump people. <laughs> these are Trump's people getting killed. Mm. Maybe this will move the needle a little bit, but it didn't really move the needle at all. Another reason why Sandy Hook's still in the media is because of people, the same people that are saying, why isn't this in the media, are pushing Sandy Hook into the media constantly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's you know, the the number one Sandy Hook story is Alex Jones. Yeah. Now, that's why it's there. And also since 2017, um, you know, a lot has happened. Yeah, some things have gone down. It's been a pretty tumultuous, tumultuous time. 
so yeah, th- that was that was one theory that it was uh, ISIS and Antifa teamed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other main theory that I still see getting pushed quite a bit is that uh, it was like an arms deal gone wrong. Yeah, like a Saudi arms deal, right? Yeah, and I I, I still see this, and it's like a. The, the arm still went wrong and someone was shot in the room and then they're like, how do we cover this up? <laughs> let's just, uh, let's just start opening fire on the crowd below with like, and that's, that's the explanation for why there were so many well, guns in the room. So, and a Saudi, and I didn't look in this in this time, so I might have some details wrong, but wasn't, didn't someone hire out the entire floor above it or have, you know, uh, rented the rooms above it that was a Saudi guy? Was that where that came from? It it might have been, but I think it might have also just sort of come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and they like there was rumours of helicopters. You know, that helicoptered off the roof afterwards, and that was a a distraction. You distract things by <laughs> just opening fire on a whole lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I um I did see this is it's one of those things where it's like you start to look into the the subreddits and the forums about this. And you just come across the people who have their own little thing. Mm. And I saw someone be like, yeah, you know, if you think it's the Saudis, you're so, you're like, you're so narrow minded. Obviously, it was a blackmail operation where they just had like 50 people in the room, <laughs> each shooting one bullet, uh, you know, just shoot, each shooting one clip and then they can blackmail those people. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but this person, this is like, this person didn't even have to explain that because they've got constructed such an elaborate operation in their mind that it's just obviously it was the so blackmail operation. It's kind of the same premise as a firing squad and only one has a live bullet. Kind of the reverse of that, essentially. The op- yeah, the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, everyone is complicit by a kind of association. But no one's completely to blame. And now you can get now now that you've done that, you can get those people to do anything. Yeah. Even though you clearly already had something on them <laughs> that you could get them to commit murder. Just pull this pull this trigger and fire into the crowd. Uh oh, got you now. And now the person behind you, did you see that? The Islamic State one or ISIS, they tried to claim responsibility. Do you remember that happening? Yeah, so it was like a nicest media, the <laughs> maybe a Twitter account or just some sort of media outlet for ISIS. Hmm. They were like, "Yep, yeah, this was us," and all of the ISIS watchers are like, oh, "ISIS never lies." It's like <laughs> I don't know if they're above lying. They do some pretty bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like they do lie because they didn't provide any evidence, and there was no evidence. No, not at all. And like no, normally, when someone does something, there'll there'll be like a thing where they say, you know, they put out a video saying this is for ISIS, so that you don't have these conversations. So I think ISIS likes, you know, they like to actually claim credit for things that they do. Mm. Uh, so this seemed like, yeah, you know, oh, we forgot to do the video. Oh, we'll just put out a tweet. No, yeah. <laughs> but there's been a whole bunch of times I think where ISIS have, or or different terrorist organisations have claimed attacks. They're like they're just getting quick. They're like, oh yeah, yeah this was us. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps their cause if everyone's confused and scared of them rather than someone else. Yeah, they're so honest though. They've, <laughs> they've got so much integrity. 
<laughs> old, old honest ISIS. What are they up to these days? Still, still going? Still going, I think. It's nice none that they the, laid off over COVID. I yeah, I feel like another thing that COVID managed to uh, sweep under the carpet was ISIS. So I did a bit of a deep dive, and or somewhat of a deep dive, as much mm-hmm. as I could, into the Australian guy that was there. Brian Hodge. Yeah, did you look at Brian Hodge? I, I, I did have a little go. He's got the most Australian name. Yeah, Doesn't get much he does. G'day, it's Brian Hodge here. But I don't yeah. think he talks like that at all. No, no. Um, so Hodgey... So there's been a lot of conspiracy stuff about him. He's kind of been wrapped up as like potentially an FBI agent, um, potentially his handler, um, Stephen Paddock's handler, or like above the FBI and like they're on a black op. And, you know, so many like the stories that he was telling afterwards were so inconsistent. You know, he told he's got all these all these kind of things that things that he said that weren't true in the media or um, he mistakenly said them. And it's kind of created this whole, like, you know, mythos around what he could be. So he was, like, staying on the same floor as Paddock. Yep. But he did say at one point in an interview, oh, you know, I was, like, next door to him. Yeah. Uh, but, that's you know, that was one of those things where it's like, you know, if you're in a hotel <laughs> yeah. and, you're, and you're a few floors down, you're next door to everyone. Yeah. Uh, he was on the same floor, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's fine. You can say next door. I I say like houses four, houses down, and my neighbours. Like it's yeah. the same thing, right? You just kind of you know, while it's not your immediate neighbour, it's still your neighbours. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of he, speaking of neighbours, Brian Hodge was never actually on neighbours, but he was on Home and Away and Heartbreak High, High, which I could only find in his in on his website. I couldn't actually find any evidence of it, like on IMDb or anything. I did see a reference to it in a New York Times article, I think it was. Yeah. And, and they're pretty strict with the fact-checking. Although, how much... Fa- oh. Do you reckon on, that- hasn't New York Times famously... Didn't they have a reporter for ages that was just making stuff up? Was he working for the New York Times? Are you talking about Stephen Glass? Maybe. Hang on. Let's just do a quick fact-check. Let's fact-check the New York Times. Jason Blair. That is yeah. who you, that's who you're thinking of. Yeah, Jason Blair. Famously, play, had a whole career being a, a plagiarist for the New York Times. So, you know, uh, it's possible but, they but, did what we did, Googled him and find his website that says he was on Home and Away and, and Heartbreak High. I'm not but, saying he wasn't on it, but I don't, I don't, it doesn't look like it was a, a feature of his career in any way. I think that the New York Times fact-checking department is pretty famous. I think maybe after Jason Blair, they, they turned the heat up. You know, I, I was quoted in the New York Times sort of recently. Last year, mm-hmm. maybe, and uh, I got fact checked, like for <laughs> heaps of stuff. Oh, they, no. they, they checked my facts. Yeah, it was, right. re- it was really annoying. <laughs> it was like, yeah, but I mean, trust me, Cam, you're a pretty well known charlatan. <laughs> like, being a charlatan is kind of your your online brand, <laughs> is it? Oh. Yeah, yeah. But, you know that. That's, Let's that's, not pretend. That, that's fair. The Jason Blair thing, I thought that was more recent. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, this Brian Hodge fella, um, I also also on his website where he, he mentions he was on Home and Away, um, he's, <laughs> he's got um, – because he used to work for casinos in Gold Coast and doing like um, I think producing or, or event management and stuff. Mm. 
um, and on his website, which I think is in Comic Sans, implementation of world-class concert performances, including Michael Bolton, Tony Bennett, Kelly Rowland, Seal, Burt Bacharach, Emmylou Harris, X Factor, Human Nature, Jay Sean, Kings of Leon, Rihanna, Mariah Carey, Rod Stewart, Jerry and the Pacemakers, Village People, Boys to Men, Don McLean, Joan Collins, Hale and Pace. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Um, Frankie Valley, Benji Madden, Robin Williams, Engelbert Hunkbudding, Barry Humphreys, Macy Gray, Smashed Mouth, to name a few. <laughs> yeah. Who are you um, not naming in this it, list? It's such a funny list to me because <laughs> – <laughs> because you, if you just had Rihanna, Mar- Mariah Carey, and like Kelly Rowland and Seal, that's a cool list. You don't yeah. need to, you don't need anyone else mentioned. Just like, like if I saw someone have, you just have Rihanna in there. Rihanna and Kings of Leon, Mariah Carey, oh, amazing. But before them, he's got X Factor, uh, Burt Bacharach, which I guess he's a big deal, and then <laughs> comedy duo Alan Pace. Also, this list, it's like. Oh, yeah, we've got Engelbert Humperdinck, Barry Humphreys, Macy Gray, Smashmouth, to name a few. Like, what else is there? Yeah, who have you? Who, who have you left off the list that has Engelbert Humperdinck and Smashmouth? Well, if uh, further on his uh, website, on his CV page, um, he's got a, a bullet-pointed list of entertainment relationships. Uh, and some of the people he didn't mention include Snoop Dogg, Flo Rida, Vanilla Ice, Flo Rida again, Jabberwockies, Rock Nation. Nick Cannon. So he's got a few. Mm. Um, I will say this isn't Comic Sans, but it's very Comic Sans adjacent. Yeah, yeah. I you, think you, when, you, I pasted, when I pasted it into the document that I'm reading off it, the closest one might have been Comic Sans. You could use this in a comic. You could definitely use this as a, a, in a comic. So this this fella, Brian Hodge. Yeah, maybe he, go over some of the other things he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just ripping on this guy that was like in a pretty traumatic event. But he kind of, as soon as this happened, so he was out for dinner um, when all this took place. And he was, I think, going back to his room when the cops intervened and said, hey, you can't go back to your room. I think he might have made it up to his floor. Uh, You need to get out of here. And so he got out of there and then immediately inserted himself into the story uh, by posting up on Facebook and I think allegedly contacting Australian media saying, hey, I'm available for interviews. In less than 24 hours, he was doing a uh, current affair and, and things like that. Um, so it looks like he kind of – look, the cynic in me says he parlayed this as an opportunity to become a media guy. I don't know. Does that seem – is that fair or unfair, Cam? Am I being cynical? I don't know. It's, it's sort of tricky. I did see the, the, some of the reporting about how he, like, got into the media so quickly was, like, you know, because of all of his connections – it's like, you don't have to be that connected to know someone in a current affair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so what's happened there, though, is he started just immediately talking to the media um, and saying multiple shooters. Um, he's saying, I was staying next door. He said um, he hid in some bushes. And all of that, you know, wasn't really true. And so people started pulling at those threads and saying, well, how did this guy say there was multiple shooters? How did this guy hide in the bushes when the, the FBI or the cops have said there were no bushes around? You know, so he's sort of spoken in in that panic in that in that moment and some, you know, just just freely, and then it's just become that's why he's you know that's why people now think he's a liar and he works for the FBI and and all that stuff. Yeah, because um, the the fact was he 
what we what we do know is that he did go up to the floor mm. where he was where he was staying and where people were being shot on the floor. Mm. And then he's yeah. You know, so they've, they've sent him away, yeah. uh, but he has briefly come into mortal peril. Absolutely, you know, within inches of it, and then he's gotten away. And then you know he's probably sort of you know, ducked behind some stuff. It's not, you know, it's, maybe it's not hiding in the bushes, but it's sort of adjacent to hiding in the bushes. Yeah, I think those trees was the, yeah. the maybe the actual thing. But, uh, like... It's cl- close enough that you could say, oh, I was hiding in the bushes, and you you could be like, well, actually, that's not a bush, that's a tree. Yeah. Or you could be like, yep, yeah, you were hiding behind foliage. What is a tree if not a large bush with a trunk? Exactly. From the true pundit, they had some details disclosed by Hodge that apparently no one outside the investigation knew about. Uh, people that don't know true pundits are, are cooked site. The same man, this is, this is a bullet point, same man who described to news media minutes after the attack in detail the tools in Paddock's suite used for the attack days before such physical evidence was released to the public. It's a confusing sentence. Mm. Um, the same man who went to great lengths using techniques few would know or employ absent training to mask his phone and social media accounts to shield his location before and during the attack. So what they're saying is he hid his location. Yeah, but he didn't have location uh, sharing on his posts. But he didn't. He like live posted on Facebook. He's detailed the path that he took down to the bushes slash trees. Mm. The foliage. The foliage. I think he just made his Instagram private. Yeah. But like... Like a spy would. Yeah. He was giving, as I said, he's literally giving media interviews within hours of it happening. <laughs> he wasn't masking himself or his location. Um, the same man FBI agents were never allowed to interview and told to forget about, despite pleadings from intelligence veterans that this individual was an imperative person of interest in the shooting investigation. This is a quote from a, an alleged FBI insider. He began deleting his online DNA, so to speak. Even though we were told not to, we were able to recover things many, th- able to recover many things that were deleted. Yeah, I think he just made his account private. Yeah. So th- uh, this is the thing, though. There's like in FBI insiders, and Alex Jones had his insiders. There were a bunch of like ex intelligence guys who sort of lost their minds over mm-hmm. this incident. There was like there was an ex CIA guy, and maybe the other main fellow was ex-FBI, but they had gone all in on the ISIS thing. Mm. And, yeah, Brian Hodge sort of became the main character in their narrative. Mm. It was like the ISIS connection. Yes. And they, they, like, they made a dossier that they were sending to everyone. They were sort of ignored by everyone. Uh, Tucker Carlson had looked at it and uh, it got spiked. Oh, Tucker Carlson... They say uh, Tucker Carlson was all in on doing it and that his bosses spiked it. Tucker Carlson was like, oh, no, um, there, there just wasn't enough evidence to go ahead with it, which doesn't seem like a very Tucker Carlson thing <laughs> to yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> they were convinced that Brian Hodge was like some sort of ISIS operative and they had this dossier that had like all of Brian Hodge's personal information, like addresses and things. Right. That, that was then leaked publicly. And so <laughs> Brian Hodge was like getting... Massively hassled. And I think your your friend Laura Loomer was mm-hmm. obsessed with Brian Hodge as well. Not sure how she's my friend, but yeah. Oh, just because you, you like talking about her. I do like talking about her. She's one of those uh, figures that just amuses me to no end. 
He, some of the evidence they had in the dossier was uh, he holds anti-right-wing views mm. um, because he, on his Facebook, he had supporting left-wing issues such as transgender rights, supportive gay marriage, and uh, he allegedly ate a Turkish doner kebab at a restaurant in New Mexico That's right. days after the attack. I think that was the main ISIS connection as well, that he'd had a kebab, and he hadn't even had the kebab. Except that even that is untrue, according to Hodge, who insists he never travelled to New Mexico, much went to the restaurant. I think I think this was from Politico. I didn't actually note down where I copied that from, but... I, I didn't have time or I couldn't I wasn't able to find the Donna kebab photo to prove whether or not he was eating it because I would like to see this photo I'd like to see this evidence um, mm. and know that you know is it him or not yeah Brian yeah. Hodge Donna kebab I'd like it I'd love a bloody kebab right now yeah just the, well, the, the perfect thing after a big night at the brewery absolutely um, I just Google imaged it uh, Brian Hodge, Donna Kebab, nothing. Yeah, not an image. Not as in there's got there's got some related searches, um, but no, no photos. Not I just, thing, which is I kind just, of suspect. Yeah, I just Google image searched Brian Hodge Kebab, and there's even less. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that tells you. Hang on, this is BigLeadPolitics.com. They've got a little bit about it. Uh, former government intelligence were able to track Hodge to the end. Tolia Donna Kebab House uh, in Albuquerque. He arrived in the city by an unknown means of travel. The kebab shop where Hodge was geolocated is owned by Mr. Mehmet Kokangal, apologies to the pronunciation, a Turkish na- national from the city of Adana, which is a well-known Islamic state terrorist hotbed. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, FBI counterterrorism analyst um, with knowledge of the investigation confirmed that Kokangal is on the state department terror watch list he may have taken tracks to cover his social media the day of his meeting with hodge he posted a photograph of a midday motorcycle rod ride an odd activity for the busy owner of two restaurants um okay this is quite a bit to unpack there yep. it doesn't look like there was a photo it looks like allegedly he was ge- geolocated I, th- I think that they have like I, I think what they're suggesting is that he's like checked in at the kebab restaurant or something uh, but if he never went there, how would he have done that? The, I like that the day of his meeting, he took a motorcycle ride. Where would you have the time? Yeah, where would you have the time? Um, there's a really, it's a really compressed photo of his motorcycle ride. And look, I don't think he's riding it because he's just posing on it awkwardly and he's not wearing a helmet or any sort of motorcycle gear. So he lives on the edge. Now, um, fr- Robbie, further analysis of the photo shows that it wasn't taken on October 3rd. It was older. <laughs> what, what the fuck? They've just, they're just doing deep dives into this. Oh, God, so are we. All right. <laughs> but, Robert, you own a small business. Yep. Do you have time for motorcycle rides? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got time for podcasts. Yeah, I could be doing that right now instead of this, basically. I don't want to be doing that. I'd rather be doing this. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it doesn't look like there was any photo of him eating a kebab. No. The plot unthickens significantly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the the fact that there was no proof that he ever had the kebab, but the, the this kebab was proof that he was with ISIS and that he'd posted something like, oh, yeah, trans people are people too, was proof that he was Antifa. And that was yep. the Antifa-ISIS connection. Yes. That's what it was all hinged on. Um, so and, then- stupid. and some of these people were, like, in the Trump 
like like they were in the administration. <laughs> some of the people pushing this. Yeah, you forget how dumb a lot of this shit is when you until you really unpack it and you realise that fuck, there are idiots everywhere, <laughs> completely in charge of all this. Um, another connection, um, he had previously lived and worked in the casino industry on the Gold Coast of Australia. Stephen Paddock's girlfriend, Mary Lou Danley, likewise previously lived and worked in the casino industry on the Gold Coast of Australia. So that's his Paddock connection. Yeah, they both were connected to casinos. So, you know, in the Gold Coast of Australia. Yeah. Gold Coast Australia. I wonder how many people work in Gold Coast casinos. casinos. Probably a few. <laughs> Is there only one casino on the... No, there's a few, isn't there? I think there's a couple. Mm. Anyway. But a lot of moving parts to a casino. And uh, I would say that there's probably quite a few people in Las Vegas who've worked in casinos. (laughs) And if they've lived elsewhere in the world, they may have worked in casinos there as well. Las Vegas. Some say Las Vegas is the casino capital of the world. So if I worked in a casino and I wanted to continue my career, I'd be heading to Vegas, baby. Uh, one of the other people that popped up in the media briefly and then sort of disappeared that is, there's a lot of conspiracy stuff around still was the security guard, uh, Jesus yeah. Campos or Jesus Campos. Mm. Uh, so he was the, the guard that I think he was first on the scene in the hotel room. Like, uh, he got up there and Paddock had like cameras set up outside his room so he could see people coming and Paddock opened fire on him. And so he, I th- think he was sh- shot in the leg, but he made some statements to the media sort of immediately and then went quiet. Mm. And then he, he was on Ellen, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he went on Ellen and sort of told his story. And this was another thing where the, because in the like immediate aftermath of one of these things, people will say things. And then as time goes on, the investigators piece together an exact timeline. And so. You've got originally him being like, oh, I got there at 9.59. And then they're like, well, we've put together all of the things. And actually, he got there, you know, at 10.04. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, well, what happened in that five minutes? It's like, he might have got the time wrong in the second, <laughs> you know, just after he'd been shot in the leg or, or whatever, just after he'd at least been shot at, right? <laughs> he didn't get things exactly right? Yeah. There's one thing that when there's a lot of chaotic things happening around you, you're not really getting the details noted down in your little notebook. But yeah, the the thing with him though as well was uh, he went on Ellen and then he didn't do any more media. And they're like, this guy was, you know, all over the media initially and then he was disappeared. It's like, well, he wasn't all over the media. He was like, he did some like interviews on the scene and then he was on Ellen. And, and then, then he got cancelled because he was on Ellen? There, well, there may have been a situation where by 2017, it was well established that uh, people involved in mass shootings are going to be massively harassed mm. uh, by the likes of Alex Jones and his followers. So it's possible that mm. he was advised uh, to maybe step away because of that, which he also, he would have experienced some of that just from having gone on Ellen. But they're like, this guy completely disappeared. And I, f- I saw stuff on Reddit where they're like, oh, here's this article from like a few years later where he was at a basketball game. It was introduced as like the hero of the, yeah, in the crowd today, we've got the Las Vegas hero, Jesus Campos. And they're like, so besides that one time that he was in public, he's completely <laughs> disappeared. And what more do you, what more do we need from him as the public? Mm. Like once he's got on Alan, there's nowhere else to go. 
Oh, well, what they, like what they need from these people is for them to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a crisis actor. I admit it. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't get any more work. Uh, that's the, <laughs> yeah, you've really blown up your spot once you admit it. Um, and that's kind of thinking back to the, the Bill Gates thing on that, you know, that guy I was talking about, you know, oh, they're always thrusting him onto us. Um, and, you know, why, why do we always hear about Sandy Hook and why are we not hearing about this guy? And it's, it's a completely fabricated or constructed world where whatever little issue they have in their brain at that moment, we're either talking about it too much or not talking about it enough, hmm. but either way they're angry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like there is no reason for this guy to ever be anywhere in the media. Yeah. I mean, and that guy's both of those things for them. It's like he was everywhere and then he was nowhere. Like yeah. too much. It's not enough. Like, yeah. They're not happy. And there's kind of a lesson and I'm sort of thinking about the the Brian Hodge one where, you know, he tried to actively kind of get some media out of it. And then, as you said, these days, if you're anywhere near a mass shooting, you're probably going to be smeared with something and attacked by a cookers. Thank you, Tom Tanaki, for that coin of phrase, um, turn of phrase. So, like, yeah, you insert yourself in and you get attacked and you go, shit, I need to get out of this. Um, so you stop doing anything. <laughs> Because the cookers will get you. Anything else about Las Vegas? I mean, there's obviously lots, um, you know, multiple shooter theories as well. Yeah, which is also, at the, you know, at the time, like, I think even the police chief was like, this can't have been one person. Mm. But I think, you know, that's like in the moment. And also, uh, I think he's referring to the fact that, you know, this guy had so many guns. He had a lot of guns. Oh, the, the, it, there, there were a couple of things that I saw that um that jumped out at me, actually, just looking back over stuff. One was another one of those, where did that guy go? And it's like, oh, the brother of Paddock, who was in oh, the yeah. media, in the media afterwards, he was like, uh, I, you know, he wasn't political. He, but I think he also said he wasn't that interested in guns. And then it turns out that like he'd been buying guns since the eighties. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, we never hear from this brother anymore. It's like the brother got picked up on child porn charges. So I think after that, he was probably like, I'm going to stop doing interviews. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's probably, He's less appealing to your news networks at that point. Yeah. Um, the multiple shooters one comes up with people doing like acoustic, what do they call it? Like acoustic forensics mm. and, or, you know, seeing all the um, testimonies of people there at the time, you know, oh, there's multiple shooters. Oh, you know, people talking about on social media, oh, multiple shooters. People, I saw one thing, it was like a compilation of people talking about multiple shooters and just a guy like posting to Facebook or something. And he was, um, you know, saying there definitely was, we were here and, you know, we could hear the shots and he panned around to his girlfriend or his sister or something. And she was like looking distraught. And I think they were distraught because people were calling them liars. But I imagine, I mean, if you live anywhere near a city, you hear something sounds, it's so hard to know where sounds come from. Mm. Like somewhere in Las Vegas with that much noise going around. Of course, it's going to sound like there's multiple shooters. Yeah. It's going to be really chaotic. And in the moment, like, you could be convinced, you know, if you've ever lived in a house where there's, like, an alleyway next door, you'll be convinced there's a sound coming from one direction, and then you walk outside and it's nowhere near that direction. Like, it's it's pretty common. But that, you know, has never been let go that, oh, no, there has to be because people said there was at the time. So, yeah, that's uh, our Las Vegas revisiting. We could uh, We could also briefly revisit Sandy Hook. 
which has been in the news, as you mentioned, purely because of Alex Jones, mm. uh, who's having to pay through the nose for spreading lies about this stuff. But I think the, the interesting thing that came out of all of those Alex Jones trials is just the sheer amount of cash he made out of it. Mm. Now, obviously, we knew he was making money, mm. but I think it, people were still surprised how much money they were making. And it does mm. it does seem like, you know, they, they deny this, but it does seem like that they saw the numbers that their Sandy Hook coverage did and were like, well, let's keep doing this. That's like not entirely borne out from the evidence that they, that's been provided because they mm. withheld heaps of evidence. The, the, the fact that what, from what we know and that we also know that they, you know, withheld stuff, I think we can say that that's what they did. They saw how well it did. They're like, well, this is doing numbers. But they, yeah. didn't, they didn't see that something was doing numbers and were like, oh, we should stop doing this. It's morally wrong. Um, so there's an ongoing trial at the moment, the second of the – not trials, it's the – what do you call it? Uh, it's a – well, I guess a hearing. It's a mm. damages hearing. Mm. So with both of these defamation cases, because they were so uncooperative in providing the documents that they needed to, the courts were just – issued a judgment that uh, they'd lost the case. And so these trials are all about uh, determining how much money they need to pay. So the last one was like 50 million plus. And this one, I think, also doesn't look like it's going very well for him Mm. Uh, from my reading. He's just stopped showing up, hasn't he? Well, yeah, I I think he went on the stand for this one, but he hasn't been going to the thing. And also that sort of counts. I think that's probably going to count against him in the judgment because it's like he's been going on his show and talking <laughs> talking about how the judges are saying this or whatever, uh, but he hasn't been sitting in the courtroom and hearing the families talk, and I think that's the sort of thing that juries notice is that he couldn't even be bothered to come and listen to the effect that he'd had. Mm. But he's like, there's been days when he's been outside the courtroom, so he just had to walk in. It's not like he was far away. Yeah, he was right there. <laughs> Uh, Jonesy. Uh, we'll probably talk about him a little bit in the news show as well. So, patrons, stay tuned for that. Um, do you want to add anything or are we going to wrap this baby up, Cam? Let's wrap it up in a uh, delicious New Mexico kebab. Mm. Man, I live in a town that does not have a kebab anywhere. Well, Robbo, as, a, as a small business owner, uh, you could be the change that you want to see in the world. I don't really want to become a kebabman other than eat kebabs. <laughs> I guess that's the thing about a kebab. There's a lot of infrastructure. You've got to have like yeah. the turning thing. Yeah. A pitter warmer. You've got to have a pitter warmer. You've got to have some sort of bain-marie or like display for your accoutrement and yeah. your condiments. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not becoming a kebab mogul. No. i get my motorbike. <laughs> the other thing is, you know, the, the meat spinner, the bain-marie, buying all of those things retail. Like that's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no other way to get them. <laughs> Got to piece them piece by piece. All right. Well, that's, that's our show. Uh, if people want to find us, we're on Twitter, Hypothopod. We are on Patreon, uh, also Hypothopod, I believe, or Hypothetical Institute. Let it be a little adventure. Thank you to Tammy. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Robbo, where can they find you? Uh, just come into to Westport and buy a beer at Short Jaw Brewery. And I guess I'll have a time on Twitter, but uh, my Twitter sucks. You don't want to look at it. There's nothing of use for anyone on that. Behind the bar, slinging falafel at Short Jaw Brewery. <laughs> Come in for a free falafel. <laughs> Cam, where are you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sexenheimer and uh, 
And I would say that I like Robbo's Twitter. My Twitter is amazing. And you can find me on 3CR, 4.30pm on Thursdays on the Yana Passeran Show, which you can also find on podcasts and things. Yeah. Um, and Salty, you can find at The Salt on Twitch, even though he's got a headache. Uh, we will still plug his Twitch. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All righty. See you later. everyone. Bye. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. I said don't worry about a thing. Except maybe the fluoride in our water supply contains mind-altering drugs. Whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept you can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Ooh, Don't worry about a thing Except not only did Bush do 9-11 but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51 which... Let's not forget where all of the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing. Except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you're just blind if you can't see them. Why don't you open your eyes?